I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It Podcast. Daily Jazz Advice coming at you. Season two. Season two. That's right. That's right. We're having fun. It's our first week back for season two. Feels good. Feels good, man. We're, we're, we're in the pod cave here. The pod cave. That still sounds weird to say, but it's exactly what it is. It's, pod cave. Pod cave. We should have Andrew take a picture of the pod cave. Although you can uh, go to YouTube and see all of these episodes. YouTube.com. <laughs> www.youtube.com. <laughs> YouTube.com. Search, you'll hear it. Yeah, Search subscribe to uh, Open Studio. And subscribe you can... and like. What? Dang right. Yeah. Uh, so you can see, I mean, we're not that much to look at. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, it's. You kind of get the vibe. Uh, we didn't, uh, the other day, we get a lot of interesting and really positive feedback on our 12, oh no, 14 sexiest jazz musicians. There was note made that neither one of us made that list, but you know maybe V two we might make like the twenty four top. We'll I don't see. know if I want to be on that list, exactly. man. It seems like a lot of work. I like donuts. <laughs> so today we are going to answer one of our user questions, and of course you can always go to you'llhearit.com, leave us a comment, leave us a question, leave us a voice memo, and this comes from Christian, and we don't know where he is, but that's okay. What's up? Um, and he says. Hi, guys. As I'm a big fan of the sound of jazz sextets, three horns plus rhythm, would you mind spending an episode on your favorite jazz sextets, also sextets, also t- touching upon topics like writing, arranging for the setup, and why it's particularly challenging in terms of openness and ambiguities of sound and harmony, um, including also ideas on what to look for when writing for the setup? So first off, thank you for the question, and we cannot spend an entire episode on sex that's because we could only think of one <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no we had a great idea to, to kind of expand on this a little bit you know we'll we, add, a, add a little adaptation yeah a little adaptation we do our own you know our own lists of seven all the time and so we thought it would be cool for each number to go through so like for one would be our favorite solo mm-hmm. player for two our favorite duo let me guess number three trio, trio. Oh, and so on, on. Gotcha. Gotcha. and we could and we, you know now that i'm reading this question we could talk about sort of the um the setup and the, and the arranging of, of these various scenarios. As pianists, we get to play all of these That's scenarios. right. We're included in every one of these seven parties. Yeah, I mean, trumpet players very Some rarely them. play solo, <laughs> very rarely play duo. Thank God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we get to do all of these, and so we, I think we could, we could uh, shed a little light well, on Well, yeah, it. and why don't, we, why don't we do most of our kind of arranging and light uh, shedding for the sextet when we get to that one, since he was sort of asking about that. How sounds about good. That? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. cool. Well, wh- why don't we start with... Uh, one instrument solo solo so this is the greatest solo performer on any instrument in any genre in my opinion and that's art tatum the great art mike ta- drop art tatum Peace. and there's nothing else to say he's a whole orchestra sitting in at 80 Hold on, you just said there's nothing else to say but you're, you're still talking i mean there's no other <laughs> there's no debate is what i mean right there's no there's no like well yeah but this guy was a little bit better at no right that's true there's no other better solo musician i think that's ever lived right and i mean what a feat to be so entertaining to just your general listener yeah and so impressive but also to jazz pianists yeah like nerded out inside game baseball kind of people that are just as wild i mean that's that's the pinnacle but just super i mean he must have been so fun to see live for you whether you knew about music or whatever you i'm sure seeing him live you would be like I'm in the presence of just you know, an amazing yeah. human. You and know? such, I mean, just a virtuoso, uh, obviously, just the piano. Take away the jazz and everything, the technique, the mastery. And, I mean, really, you know, piano is not the sol- only solo instrument, of course, um, but it's, it's one that really lends itself to being exploited in a solo manner. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, that's kind of 
right in our wheelhouse. It's the pianist. best solo instrument. It really it, is. It, there's no other instrument. And unless you're on do. the beach in Brazil, then guitar is a guitar little better. Guitar is amazing because the piano is so hard to wheel out there. You know? But even with the guitar as a solo instrument, you know, if you're going to play it on the beach in Brazil, you still need like a, you know, like a. Yeah. If you sing like Jao Gilberto, that really right. helps. It does help. Right. <laughs> you're right. about picking up chicks is basically what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, right? Well, right. I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, cool. All right. Now we we're still to... on a beach in Brazil, right? Of course. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so now we go to duo because one plus one is duo. <laughs> oh, two. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Sorry. And so um, now this, now we're starting to get into not necessarily a gray area, but a lot of wonderful choices here. Great, great options here. But yeah. kind of what popped into both of our minds immediately in coming up with this well vetted list mm -hmm. was um, something that I hadn't thought about in a while, but I, I think I heard it just recently. That's the Bill Evans Jim Hall duo, which Und is Undercurrent. Oh, man. Amazing album, yeah. start to finish. And I don't know how much did they play duo, actually. I know they played together and on some, some other recordings I'm thinking of, but duo. I can't think of another situation, but maybe. I think they did two duo records okay. together, from what I understand. Yeah. And they played so well together. Yeah. I, you know, Bill Evans could have been a second place, maybe, to as far as, like, solo. Sure. He's such a great solo pianist. He could pianist have been a lot of these too. places, yeah. yeah. Um, and even some other, I mean, Bill Evans, Tony Bennett, what a classic. Great duo couple record. of recordings yeah. there. Yeah. And he's just, he's such a great listener, has such an amazing um, feel for the piano. And then Jim Hall, too, an incredible musician incredible guitarist that is a hard duo too that's not just like piano and saxophone right that's there's, there's, like, there's some over, there's some potential for overlap there there are there's potential clashes in the harmony yep. and in in the timbre of the instruments and they do an amazing job at, at making real art out of that cool yeah all right so what do we have for three now we're getting to a trio now we're getting into some classic kind of you know i mean there's groups <laughs> this is kind of the smallest of the large like a duo is almost not a group because it's two, you a know. Duo is like, like yeah. The trio totally. is the first sort of group. Now we're a band. Now we're a band. Yeah. Now we want to get paid. <laughs> yeah. Now two two of you can talk <laughs> crap about the other person. <laughs> That's right. You can have alliances and yeah, allegiances. Totally. Uh, you know, there's so many options for trios. Should that, we go right down the middle? You gotta or go. Should we? I mean, if any listener of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> would would take a guess, you're gonna guess. The Oscar Peterson trio. That's what we always oh, come back to. Oh, I was going to guess Wham. <laughs> Weren't they a trio as well? I'm sorry. No, no that was a duo. Oh, as was, was Tears for Fears. That's right. Yeah, uh, British Oscar pop duos. <laughs> next list. Yeah. Taj Agugu. Taj oh. So, yeah, Oscar Peterson trio. Banana Rama. <laughs> Screedy Polini. Oh, uh, what? what do you know about that? Okay, Ooh. Oscar Peterson trio. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're okay. Yeah, 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 enough said. They're no Banana Rama. <laughs> That's right. Um... Let's go quartet. Quartet. Uh, yeah, I mean, for both of us, this was the first one that popped in into our heads, and that's John Coltrane's quartet with McCoy Tyner, Jimmy Garrison, Elvin Jones. Yeah. Elvin Jones, excuse me. Um, and this is one of those incredible, and this is one of those situations where even though it's always referred to as the John Coltrane quartet, and he had, uh, there's a little bit of personnel variation of his quartets over the years, but that, when you say John Coltrane quartet, it really is about all four of those musicians and yeah. what they bring together. I don't think there's any kind of, like, it could have been called, you know, Bananarama or whatever, yeah. and with those four personalities. I mean, John Coltrane, an outsized presence in our music, of course, but almost in that quartet, he wasn't. I mean, what McCoy Tyner did, what Elvin Jones. Think about the Jimmy sound Harrison. of each one of those musicians oh, individually, and it's no wonder that people describe it as just this mountain of sound. That yeah, yeah, and you. I mean, their contributions, it's almost like a symmetry of four coming together with equal kind of contributions in terms of 
you know, musically what was happening. And um, they really, you know, created much in our, I'm just looking ahead to five too, created a template that's still in use and is probably, you know, much as, you know, Mozart and Haydn and then Beethoven with the string quartet. When you talk about the jazz quartet, it's kind of like John Coltrane with a saxophone and piano trio really, you know, didn't create it, but they really solidified it, you yeah. know, in a way that it's it's a beautiful thing to jump on that train. Especially no for, pun intended. <laughs> especially for modern players. I mean, they're the standard, I think, yeah, for, absolutely. for that kind of thing. Yeah. So then that brings us to quintet, yep. and we have the Miles Davis quintet. Hey, who? And this, yeah, right, we, we ever hear about that guy. Um, and, then, and then I'm kind of thinking with uh, Wayne Shorter, Herbie mm-hmm. Hancock, Tony Williams, and Ron Carter, which is a little bit later because we certainly great quintets with, you know, Sonny Rollins, actually a little bit, and George Coleman George and different Coleman, yeah. saxophonists. But I love that period uh, with Wayne and Herbie and, and Tony and Ron, like where they were really pushing the envelope. And it almost started to feel like from their early years of that rhythm section playing with with Miles, where like they were kind of pushing things and Miles was maybe holding on a little bit or, or kind of going with the flow, yeah. certainly. But I mean, Miles loved that. Like he loved having yeah. younger guys who were kind of pushing things along. Well, I think the key to that quintet, the, what's really driving Miles there and driving everybody else is Wayne yeah. and his compositions and his just, you know, his vibe. Yeah. It, it, it carried through actually to our next one, which our, our first, our sextet, number six. Right, the actual answer to our listener question. Yeah, which yeah. is Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Same That's thing, right. you know, Wayne's tunes in that band were so singular and, right. and, and helped propel that band into artistic territory that they'd never been in. Same thing with the Miles Davis quintet. So, I mean, it really speaks to Wayne Shorter's ability to be a band member. These are yeah. bands he wasn't the leader of. I know. Well, I mean, then even after that, you know, weather report. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, okay. Get, can we get Wayne to be in my band? Right, right. Can, can we get Wayne on the You'll Hear It podcast? For real. Yeah. So, all right. So now sextet. Art Blakey, Jazz Messengers, which has not always been a sextet, but I think it, a lot of its time was. And I mean, I think for both of us, it, that was exactly, especially, especially talking about three horns and rhythm section. You think about the arranging. Yeah. And we've both written for that combination before. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like you go to copying those arrangements. And a lot of that was Wayne, Freddie yeah. Hubbard, Julie yeah. Morgan, um, Bobby Timmons. I mean, different characters, uh, personnel kind of coming in and out, but that trombone, tenor saxophone, uh, trumpet, front line, and then of course with the rhythm section, that's a great classic sound that has, I don't think has ever been done better. It's been imitated a lot and that used that Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers as a template, if anything. You know, it's a, it's more challenging as an arranger than you might think. Yeah. The, the three horns can yeah. be a challenge to get I mean, what harmony do you do you use? You know, what extensions do you use? Do you have three? Um, and the way that the jazz messengers used it most often was in close harmony. I, I, and I'm, I'm trying to think of of arrangements where they used real open harmony between those three, where there was more than an octave. Right, right. Between the trombone and the trumpet. Sorry, I zoned out there for a minute. What Sorry, are you talking no, about? I'm talking about the kind of <laughs> the challenges of, of an, as an arranger yep. with three horns, right? Right. right, um, right. Well, I always think an interesting thing that I learned, and I have—I'm not an expert on that arranging style, but I—it's um, because I haven't written for it a lot. But mm-hmm. I listen to that group a lot more than I've ever actually used it. But when I, the, some of the techniques that I do use are like, you know, Wayne—I'm thinking of Wayne in particular—would use 
all three instruments playing together, maybe in octaves, maybe in unison, but the same notes for a while, and then diverge, you know, ba-do-ba-do-ba-do-bang, and, yeah. and then you're hitting, like, it's such a great kind of a sound when you move out to that harmony. The other and, the and other, yeah, still within an octave often. The other sound that I think of when I think of that harmony, when I think of that, that group, is this, this, when they do spread apart, is yeah. this. Mm. The cluster on the bottom, right. and then the higher interval, used, yeah. yep. you know, I was thinking that as like one two five or one two six kind of a yeah. I mean, some they did some fourth stuff for sure, but and that kind of parallel movement is great with those instruments, those three instruments. Yeah, all and of you that. get that trumpet down in the lower register. It sounds great on this piano. Yeah, too. well, oh. even better. <laughs> Who needs the Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers when you got the, when you've got Cranick and Bach? Cranick and Bach, New York. Big shout out to Cranick. Where's our endorsement? Oh, man, <laughs> long gone. Patton uh, is older than the state of Missouri. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was patented before our state was. Um, so yeah, I mean, what a, what a great sound, and I'm just thinking of all those those you know. And yeah. that's where you diverge and you know. using the harmony as an accent almost, but yeah. having having a lot of those melodies. You're right in unison, and then bringing out those harmonies just at the right time. It's a real punch in the in the chops. Yeah, yeah. I kind of yeah. stole some of that for some orchestral writing too. I steal I stole yeah, that all the time. It's, it's yeah. great when you have everyone doing something together, and then there's this built-in drama that you're, that's really emanating from the harmonic concept when you do that. Yeah. You know, link it up with the with the with the melody and rhythm. That's great. All right, All right, so number seven, what you got? Yeah, we had to go to seven. We really should have ended there because that was the question, and that was sextet, but yeah, we, we love our sevens. We'll do what we want. We're like, we're, we're like we are like, uh, like, I think we said this in season one, we're, we are like weekend Chinese mainland gamblers that are going to that. What's the island, the Chinese island uh, where they gamble? I have no. You don't know what I'm talking about. Idea what you're talking Riff about. For a second, what do you do in your free time, man? <laughs> what do you? No, I was actually in that part of the world once, and everybody was <laughs> riff secret on that Chinese for gambling island. I, I didn't say. Did I say secret? No. What are you Chinese about? island for gambling? Hold up, we're about to come man, in. You got the good gigs, bro. <laughs> Chinese, um, Macau. 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 You don't know about Macau? I don't know yeah. about Macau. It's an island where gambling is legal. Chinese people, I mean, everybody goes there from Hong Kong, wherever, Singapore, and you go and get. But we're like, I think seven is, is what's the Chinese li- lucky number? Come uh, on, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm clicking, clicking, clicking. Google, <laughs> Google. Eight. Number eight. eight. Oh, that's right. So I didn't know that. I did not. Know that. Yeah, yeah, number eight. So we're almost like Chinese gamblers on the weekend in Macau with our seven. We feel like, so basically we're pushing this to septet now because we feel we'd be unlucky ending at sextet, right? That was a long way to say that we just prefer seven, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, favorite septet. This was a tough uh, one because, well, it was easy and tough because I really only could think of one, but it was one of my favorite groups and it was one of the most inspirational to me because it was like really during my development period, you were a little too young to catch this except on recordings and that is the Wynton Marsalis septet, which, which reigns supreme of, among modern certainly septets, but also just uh, groups that were playing on it. And I'm trying to think, I want to get the era right, really late 80s, I would say, to like early, mid-90s. Yeah. And then occasionally Winton's had like a, 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 actually, what am I talking about? I did some gigs with that group. Now that I <laughs> You just, were in that septet. I, was, I wasn't in it. Oh, uh, I, I see no, where I this is going. I see. You know what's so funny? I totally Did you guys go to Macau? <laughs> we had a great week in Macau, man. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah, I did do some gigs with them. So, but the whole thing, the instrumentation, trumpet, alto saxophone, tenor saxophone, um, tenor maybe doubling or alto on soprano or sopranino. Um, Google it. Okay. Um, and trombone. Yeah. 
that's the four horns, and then of course piano, bass, and drums. And you know the classic Winton Septet, and and you know I always think about that live at the Vanguard. That's some great recordings they had there that were recorded over uh, several different engagements. Um, Winton, of course, trumpet. Wes Anderson on alto saxophone, great saxophonist out of Brooklyn, New York. Um, Todd Williams, St. Louis's own Todd Williams out of University City, Missouri, uh, and Wycliffe Gordon on trombone. Nice. And then there was always, at the beginning, there was some other little personnel, like James Carter actually played cool. for, for a minute there um, on, on tenor. And then later on was Victor Goins um, after Todd wasn't there, and Walter Blanding made some appearances. Um, and then the rhythm section, um, mostly Marcus Roberts on piano, Reginald Veal, cool. uh, bassist, our friend, uh, and Herlin Riley on nice. drums. You know? oh, and then again, a little bit of personnel, but that's sort of the classic septet. And Winton, I, I think he really, to me, as great as the quintet stuff was with Branford, and I love those recordings, Black Coats from the Underground and the the the, the quartet stuff, J J Mood and Live at the, at Blues Alley. I think he really found his voice compositionally yeah. with that septet. He really loved those that instrumentation and those individuals, and he really got into this whole kind of Duke Ellington style of writing for the specific instrumentalist instead of just for the instruments. Well, now we're getting into some real colors that you have as an arranger, you know, and, and right. being the the brilliant musician that he is i'm sure uh enjoyed having that expanded palette man. that's right i would love to have a septet someday right <laughs> can, I, can i get wayne in my septet right can i get a what what <laughs> yeah well there you go that's our seven favorite o's and tets i love that title that you came up with <laughs> contemp contemporaneously and spontaneously o's and tets trios duos solos yep. septets quartets yeah why don't we give a quick recap for those of you that are driving and, right. and want to make some notes we like to do that yeah so the recap uh number one our solo artist art tatum what uh number two the duo bill evans and jim hall what what number three the trio the Oscar Peterson Trio. What, what, what? Number four, the quartet, the John Coltrane Quartet. Number five, the quintet, the Miles Davis Quintet. Number six, the sextet, that's the Art Blakey Jazz Messengers. Sexy sextet. Here we go. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> Number seven, the septet, that's the Wynton Marsalis septet. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, please go to you'llhearit.com and uh, leave us a question, just like uh, our man Marcus here did. Yeah, Christian. Sorry, Christian, Christian. Marcus. Uh, Christian left us this question about uh, uh, sextets. And if you don't want your name be given out all around the world, don't leave a comment because your name is going to be there most likely. <laughs> or make up one. Like, remember, what was it? Mouse, mouse grab, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. That was a good question. It was. Yeah, space ceiling, oh, <laughs> seven. Yeah. Right, jazz lover, 101. Right. You know, you know yeah, we're, we're just sitting here in our pod cave uh, taking questions. We are in the pod cave. Yeah. I just mm -hmm. like saying pod, pod cave. cave. Oh, we got a, we got a theme music. Yeah. We're gonna have to, you know, our positioning here. We're it's gonna have to come so up with some awkward. kind of. Like I, I cannot. Know. I feel like a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex trying to play the bass. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna hook that up for next week. But thank you guys for joining us back here. Um, this is, uh, you know, concludes our first week back, season two. He's closing the computer. He's shutting <laughs> her down for the day, and um, we'll see you next week. And you'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs>